Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're starting a series today, Chicks Who Are Killing It. This is a cool story, and it's probably one of the most unique stories in Australia. Australia? Yes. Wow. Be cool. Hey, John, how are you? Well, Glenn, you? Mate, I'm living life on my own terms, so going great. Sil, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you. Welcome. Well, everybody, you've heard it here first. This is Chicks Killing It. It's the first uh, episode of our mini-series. And before we get into what we're doing... Sil, you're a co-founder of a coffee roaster called Floozy Coffee Roasters. Yes. And you've been kind enough to open your doors and we're sitting next to your roaster. So we're going to have a chat about your story and how it is unique in the industry that you're operating in. But the first thing I wanted to say to John was, if you got $5,000 tomorrow, Mm -hmm. what would you do with it? Well, right at this moment. Right at this moment. Oh, we're uh, we're putting a pool in out the back, so I'd probably enhance that another level. Right. Mm. Get a slip and slide. Yeah. Which like do leads that? into the Be pool. Kids? Or are you nah. like? No, nah, you're. It's more. That's a like short term thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm more thinking a lap pool or something like. Oh really. Do you make your kids, like, be athletes like yourself? <laughs> yeah, I try to. No, of course not. Um, no. All right, so you would add it to some boring pool or something? Yeah, something boring like that. Maybe yeah. buy my wife a present if um, I had anything left over. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seal, what would you do with five grand if I gave it to you tomorrow? I would just leave. I'd go. I'd go just on a holiday. Get the hell I'd out just of here. go for like a week. Yeah, okay, see ya. I'd run out of money. Yeah. I'd come back. K Mac, who is your business partner. Mm. K Mac, you just watch a few things, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Go on. <laughs> yeah. And where would I you guess. Go? Where? Yeah. yeah. Oh, where would I go? The typical answer would be Denmark. I always, I'm just like, Denmark, I love it. Really? Oh. Yeah, I want to go to Scandinavia. It's so mm. fun. Mm. I lived there for six months, and then yeah. I'm that person who's like, oh, that time I lived in Denmark. Yeah, you know? they pay low taxes, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah the five thousand would be gone yeah. in tax. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's funny. There was this old guy I used to work with, and he would have been in his sixties, and he kept referring to the time that he did his Kentucky tour in America oh. in like the eighties or something. Oh, yes. Like, and I was like, mate, you can't hang on to that story anymore. No, I want to be that guy. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, nah, mate, the world's changed. That's an it's the last dreams. time you had fun. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> pretty much. Aww. So, okay, so you spend it on a holiday? Yeah. Wow. Props. Nice. Well, That's not a good investment, it? is it? That's just you can't like... buy a car for five dollars. You'd have to uh, buy a Vespa. No, I'd probably Ooh. buy like a, a piece of crap Falcon yeah. again and take it down to the racetrack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, my latest, things, my latest thing is uh, my next purchase, and you can keep me accountable to this, yes. like to actually purchase it. Right. I want to get some um, maroon. Or Maroon? What are you? Is yeah, it's Maroon. Maroon. I think I get confused with like the Americans that I talk with, uh, and Maroon, maroon five. 5 and all that. Well, it's like spelt Maroon, but yeah, okay. you're doing so it wrong. I'm pretty oh, <laughs> Hey, this is my podcast. <laughs> you don't correct me. Sorry. <laughs> no, you can. Um, it's been here two minutes. Yeah, I know. Right on the show. Uh, that's fine. Um, she made us a nice coffee, so. <laughs> Did too. Anything goes. Uh, no milk. <laughs> no, this is John's like first black coffee. Never. So, yeah. Uh, I would get some maroon mm. suede RM boots that I want. Ooh. So. I was only looking at those two days ago. Do you want to go? Oh, my God. You should get matching boots. We've already got a matching shirt. We're That's not going cute. Yeah, as well. We've both got the same country road. Um, <laughs> On purpose? Egyptian cotton no, long sleeve navy t-shirt. I've had t-shirt. it for years and Glenn just got it. Whatever. <laughs> John did it first. <laughs> oh, the yeah. other um, union is on strike. They've been oh, going no down, way. The, oh, no down way. the street all week, yeah. Oh, this is going to be great. So, yeah, if you um, if you can hear the background noise, <laughs> it's around election time, I'd presume. And yeah, it's, the, uh, it's like the mining 
the mining union or something. And are they going to well, walk past here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cars, They've got big flags and everything. Yeah. I, we maybe need to stop this podcast <laughs> when they get closer. That's a bit noisy. Wow. Yeah, it's aggressive. What are they saying? It's been a while since I've seen a good protest. If you haven't already, make sure you jump into the Facebook group. There's almost 2,000 of you in there now. So, that's um, wow. that's an amazing connection point. Mm. And, yeah, I like chatting with all of you in there. And John does as well. Thank you to everyone sincerely for listening and yeah. giving us your time. We're just here to educate you, inspire you with your career, life and money. And, you know, at this point in time, highlight chicks that are killing it. Mm. So, thanks, Sil. Let's have a chat. Let's do it. This is where the song plays. Yeah. Uh-oh. And then Uh-oh. Um, Asher will do his thing. Yep. And then we'll get into it. Welcome to My Millennial Money. You're listening to our three-part series, Chicks Killing It, where we highlight women who are killing it in their career. Tell us just a bit of the backstory around the why for Floozy and how long was it in your mind before you <laughs> before you guys pulled the trigger? Was it and just yeah, and let us know uh, your relationship with K Mac and um, who isn't here, who's your business partner. Yep. Uh, yeah, let's just set the scene. Well, K Mac's my bestie. Um, we definitely were the kind of people that just think of a thing and do it so it Sounds wasn't like, like a <laughs> <laughs> don't know anyone like that yeah. <laughs> we weren't like planning it for years or anything yeah. um, we had an opportunity to kind of rent some equipment um, some roasting equipment and K-Mac had previously worked in coffee she owned a cafe sure. which is where we met um, I'd never worked in coffee um, but yeah it was just kind of this um, this thing that her partner was actually doing so he sort of became a coffee roaster went from cafe to coffee roaster and um yeah we just we just thought we'd muck around on his equipment because yeah. we could mm. um and then sort of looking into the industry noticed that there weren't really any women coffee roasters um and it, from our perspective like we couldn't see any yeah um and then you know as we're digging into it and looking into it you know there's a couple in Norway or America or the old one in Australia, but it's it's really really rare. It's mostly just like white dudes with beards. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what do you think that is? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I guess that just that's the norm now, and yeah. so maybe um, I think that a lot of the opportunities to become a roaster because it's it's kind of this disconnect, right? Like every second person you meet is a barista or has worked on a coffee machine. Yeah, like yeah, every, absolutely, yeah. that's pretty. You know, heaps of people have done that, but to then become a roaster like like how do you even do that like, yeah and so people would typically like the most common route to do that you might work in a cafe become head barista become like a roaster's assistant mm. and sort of work your way up yeah and we kind of feel like men typically get those promotions and then end up in those positions like you don't see many women who become yeah roaster's assistants yeah yeah so i guess we kind of did ours a different way in that we just started our own business um which was you know completely by accident as well we thought k mac and hal still owned their cafe and which they've since sold but we were like yeah we'll roast a few kilos sell it to the cafe that'll Mm. be fun yeah and then um you know they're just we couldn't see many women roasters and so we just decided to take it on and then that's it just kind of grew from there yeah so do you think it was a um it was probably a a two-edged sword it's like it'd be cool to roast and also mm. why why aren't there any women in this let's yeah. give this thing a shake yeah totally mm. and mm. just we're both very like stubborn <laughs> so <laughs> as soon as we see something like that like oh there are no chicks doing it why not we could do that yeah and that's literally how we were like just started and, the business right. and i did see on instagram uh you personally have just finished some study and mm. you did a thesis yeah can I you did. tell us a little bit about that because that's very interesting um, yeah, so that, that kind of, I guess, came around through Floozy. So when when we started the business, we were really aware of the lack of women in roasting. And then once we were in a position where we were buying green coffee, we realised that there are a lot of women responsible for producing coffee around the world and that there was a lot of inequality at origin. Um, yeah. So, you know, we're kind of – we're thrown in the deep end on, on this thing and then um, – 
doing our best to purchase from women who, you know, owned their own land, would be in control of the money that was actually paid to them. So our business kind of took on this whole other side thing of actually promoting women at every level of the coffee chain, not just once mm. it gets here and we roast it and, you know, women in cafes. And is most of that overseas? Like yeah. Ethiopia and oh, yeah. 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 Um, I think where coffee actually grows mostly is in, you know, Africa, Asia, Central America. Yeah. And usually around the equator. That's mm. right. Yeah. So, you know, there is some coffee that's been grown in Australia, but mm. it's just, it tastes totally different and yeah. it, it's the cost to grow it. It's just totally different. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it's a it's a real different market. Um, so yeah, we my background's actually in economics. Right. Um, so I did my undergrad in economics, and then I started doing my masters. And I was going in a completely different field with that. But then yeah, finding out about all this stuff happening at Origin. And, um, it, and it's funny, like you say, that's your background. Mm. Um, we always say that nothing's wasted. Yeah, and you'll probably see as your career and life goes on. Yes, that, that's been a really good platform to know how the world works in terms of a mm-hmm. you know, economy or economist. Oh, totally. Um, yeah, as a business owner, for yeah. sure. And then a, mm. a business owner. Yeah. And do you have, and I'll just, I'm a bit like all over the place. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. My, The way I think, it's like a Star Wars laser <laughs> gun or whatever, just shoots everywhere. So yeah. jump in if you can. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> do you have plans to um, go direct to farm at some point or is that a higher barrier to entry than getting a roaster and just ordering it no um it's not so much that it's a barrier to entry like we we could do it and i think from the outside it might look like purchasing through importers and exporters is like their middlemen yeah. so it's like money going to them why we yeah. could go direct yeah. to the producer and a lot of people would think that like go direct to the producer they'll get all the money mm. heaps better for them like drugs isn't it <laughs> yeah, sure cut out the <laughs> middleman yeah makes sense so the people that we work with to do all of our um, importing and exporting for us, they're actually, as you know, as well as doing the logistical stuff like that, they are a team of agronomists. They do infrastructure in these countries. Right. They're training the producers to produce better quality coffee right. and giving them assistance. So if I go in one year and give them a higher premium, cool, that's great for a year. But is it sustainable? It's not. And yeah. it's, they offer them so much in terms of training and infrastructure. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's they're, they're not middlemen in our case. Yeah, and I mean, it goes back to like when we talk about businesses and I was having a conversation with a friend this morning and I coach her, she's in the States. Um, you know, she goes, oh, should I do this? It's like, no, core business. Yeah. You know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, like oh, your totally. core business and we can roast coffee well, we can empower women well. Right. And we do... Pr- Jeez. Hey. Can we shut that window? It might help. Oh, we'll just see. It okay. might be once off. Cool. And doing what you're doing, you can empower women mm-hmm. if it's inspiring your customers or you might not only have one choice of supplier to use yep. and you're, you can, yeah, you're just doing what you're good at yep. and what you're in control of. Yeah. So, mm. no, that's interesting. That's yeah. why I kind of so, so asked that. Throughout your thesis or in research stage to start this roasting business, mm. did you get on the ground overseas to Mm-mm. have a look around or? No. No. No, we it's haven't done that. Purely research. Yeah. We, um, so the research for the business, like there's a, there is a lot of information out there. Um, it's not always necessarily even helpful for us to like go show up at a farm yeah. and it's, yeah. it can be quite a burden to yeah. some yeah. producers. So um, we really trust the merchants that we work with. They yep. do a lot of work on the ground. Yep. Um, some of our merchants are based, you know, in Colombia, in Nicaragua. Yeah. So And so just back to your thesis, what was the mm. topic? Um, so it was women's land rights yep. um, in coffee producing countries. Wow. Um, it was a systematic review of all the existing literature. So um, that was for my master's degree. So it's, it's kind of this thing that, you know, there's, before you start going to countries and doing research, like you need to really know what's out there. So mm. doing this full review of all the um, literature around mm. women's land rights and coffee was and necessary. And I think it goes back to you saying like if you go in there, pay premium and, mm-hmm. you know, make sure it's all good. It It's almost like, what is it? Was it in John, you might remember, in the 40s or 50s? Lara. <laughs> 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 um the worst thing the West did was went to the third world and told them they were poor. Mm. Right. Um, like that was a problem. I mean, yeah, sure. There's been some good 
benefits and whatnot, but conceptually you just can't go in and say, oh, we can help. And if you don't do that long-term, you know, know, you'd probably have more of a comment on that. Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely like with my background being in economic development, there's a lot of really bad things that are happening that are, you know, under the mask of like aid or all those, like probably the worst thing that actual West ever did was like take over countries and like, pill for them you know like just destroyed communities like so you know and it's it is this kind of western thinking of um you know showing up in a in a different country that's a completely different culture to yours and being like wow your quality of life is crappy like compared to what like exactly so you really you know and there are some really basic um indicators of living standards like uh life expectancy education health like there there should be minimum standards there but just because your life looks different to mine yeah doesn't doesn't mean mean it's bad you know there are there are definitely some minimums yeah everything's relative i guess yeah Yeah. but if you look at like a lot of the so in coffee for example in the commodity markets which we don't purchase in we're all specialty but you know most the bulk of coffee bought well what would be commodity and so the price for that is controlled by the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah, which yeah. makes sense. So yeah. can you just clarify for the listener mm. difference between commodity and specialty? Um, yeah. So a specialty coffee, depending on which country you're in, it's coffee is graded. It's given like a point score, um, and essentially it'll just be for the most part anything that earns eighty points or above. So it just means that it might be you know free of defects. Um, it's just a good quality, clean. Coffee, right. um, tastes real yummy. Yeah, good good quality stuff. Generally hand picked. Yeah, um, processed really differently. Commodity coffee might be kind of lower quality, kind of all thrown in together. That your big bulk items. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's Blend it's just a total. <laughs> not to comment on no. uh, on any other no. businesses' coffee, no, but, but it, it is fact for sure. Mm, it's yeah. it's Nescafe. Yeah, it's just a totally different. Um, you know, different product. It's a completely yeah. different product. But yeah. there is a price crisis at the moment in commodity coffee where, you know, the, the average price per pound is like less than one US dollar. Right. Mm. And for most people to produce a pound of coffee is at least a dollar twenty. A dollar, yeah. So it's, it's yeah. just people aren't even getting paid. I wonder if it's similar to like the farming milk thing here in Australia. Oh, my God. Totally. It sounds yeah. like it's yeah. exactly totally. the same, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's driving people off the land because of it, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and that's another thing that like countries in the West are just Pillaging. smashing these producing countries yeah. by yeah. paying less than what the coffee is worth. Yeah. So that's a huge issue in the broader coffee sector mm. um generally when you're talking to you know it's important for us and we all, all of our producers get paid above their cost of production because of the people that we work with we're buying mm. you know very expensive mm. beautiful quality coffees mm. um, and this was delicious what was that that we were drinking oh that was um from a woman her name is sonia Mbachi. she is from colombia wow. um, and she's actually a producer that we work with Year in, year out. So that's her second harvest um, that we've finished wow. by. So right. that's really cool that we have these relationships like with these people. you're drinking a story, aren't you? Oh, oh it's, it's so great. cool. From wholesale to retail, yeah. um, you, you, you know the chain line all the way totally. through, which is sensational. Mm. Yeah. You which, don't see that much. Which I guess, I guess in specialty coffee, it can come with a premium because there's – do you know the cafe in Surrey Hills, the – Caffeine Reformatory. Or, yeah, 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 Reformatory Lab. Yes, that yeah. one there. I went in there the other day and, you know, I think I had a year. Well, I think it was the end of the last year or whatever it mm-hmm. was. The other day or last yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Things just fly past. Um, and, you know, I they've got some really intense specialty stuff there. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like $30, I forget. But yep. it was amazing, delicious um, for me, I guess I can't taste the difference between this amazing one and the $30 one. Sure. But I guess if you're in that world. Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is they may have got that batch, a very small batch from a specialty yeah. region. Yeah. And the price just goes up. Totally. It's worth it. Yeah. And I think even when it comes to coffee, like whether you're good at tasting or not, if you have two cups in front of you and one was, you know, produced in a, essentially by slaves like yeah. that are being mm. paid nothing or the other one I can tell you hey I know the name of the woman who produced this yeah. I know where her farm is yeah. um, even if that coffee technically tastes better I don't want that one and I guess you know? yeah. like, it goes want- back to the ethical thing with ethical investing yeah. you will like there's a book out there that tells everyone to go to the cheapest super fund or whatever mm-hmm. 
that's not going to be an ethical investment fund. Yeah. Mm. If you want ethical, mm-hmm. you have to pay for it. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same with, you know, our clothing. If you want mm. something that isn't totally. fast fashion from H&M and Zara and all that crap, yes. yeah. you will pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, who, who is your common purchaser, I suppose? Sounds though like you're the Louis Vuitton of, um, of specialty coffee, right? When you're roasting <laughs> Versus uh, the 7-Eleven version. Of oh, 7-Eleven <laughs> kill me. The so $1 freshly ground. I've never tried it. I hear it's good. I haven't either, but apparently. And I don't want to try it. For a dollar. And <laughs> clearly it's a loss leader to get people in their store. So yeah. Yeah. Whatever. yeah. Mm, kills me. Yeah. It's, so I think it's that thing of like, you know, people need to actually pay more for their coffee. Yeah. So when I see stuff like dollar coffee, it kills me because... Mm. Even when people complain about prices rising from like $3.50 to $4 at their local cafe and they're just outraged, you know? Oh, my God. I'm like, of course that coffee needs to be four. It probably needs to be $5, but the cafe owner is comping it because you can't handle it. Like. it, it goes, it's kind of like with the Coles and Woolies thing when it was the race at the bottom for the $2 for two litres of milk. Oh, yeah. It was to get people in the store. So it's a strategic loss leader. Totally. Um, but at the end of the day, I think they were playing silly buggers in the background and just pushing that loss back to the suppliers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, in your model, you obviously don't compromise on price. You you just stick to quality and, and yep. be ethically involved in that whole yep. process. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. And the, well, I think, say if we lost this amount of customers who don't want to pay that much, yeah. you make up for it by finding the people that will just pay what things are worth. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's yeah. that like with um, – you know, if you're in a business and you've got customers, mm. you know, you might have, I don't know, if there's 100 customers and 20 or 20% mm-hmm. are your diehards and good, yeah. you just focus on the core. Yeah, totally. Grow, grow the 20. core. Yeah, yeah, yeah grow right. that 20. Yeah. Um, so, just back to the specialty thing. Yes. So, in summary, John was asking what specialty and you've said it well that, you know, it is essentially, you know where it's come from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my other question is, do you think the word specialty coffee in Australia has been loosely applied to oh. roasters who are not strictly specialty Grossly. coffee? Yeah, of course, because there's no restriction. There's no regulation. I yeah. can go print a bag and mm. write specialty coffee on sure, it and yeah. I can pour a bag of Blend 43 inside mm. and there's no one stopping me. Like yeah. it doesn't – it's it's a word that I think used to carry a lot of meaning but now yes. it really doesn't. Um, so yeah, definitely it's, it, especially coffee is dead. Um, yeah. it's just, it is a word that, and cause even when you're talking about coffee quality that you're purchasing at the green level, if I roast it real bad, it's going to taste bad, yeah. even if it was so, that's delicious. Right. That's right. So floozy coffee, you know, yes, you're a specialty coffee by default. Yeah. Would you challenge, um, the marketplace and say you're actually an ethical coffee roaster? Um, Yes. So we like, and that's kind of where we sit more, I think, in that we really put our producers to the front. Yeah. Um, more so than anything. And, um, you know, and, and combining it with everything, like this research that I've done, like that yeah. goes into Fluzy. Like everything that we, we do is just because we care about making sure that everyone in the chain gets paid well and is looked mm. after. Um, which a, a, which includes me sitting here now being looked after with an amazing coffee. Yes, that's right. And me too. <laughs> he, he, to John's disgust, he did enjoy his black coffee. <laughs> I am enjoying black coffee. No milk. No fridges in here yet. Yeah. It's an empty, empty so, room. Yeah, we are sitting in their, uh, their roaster <laughs> in Newcastle. Um, and before we continue, we'll jump in there mm. uh, at Floozy Coffee. Mm-hmm. So if you've got your phone on you, pick it up now at Floozy Coffee on Insta. Check it out because you'll get a bit of a vibe. Um, so, if I was sitting there saying, right, I want to do this whole roasting thing, mm-hmm. I've done my apron. Yes. Um, I suppose I wear an apron. But <laughs> what are your top three criteria for success as a roaster, would you say? Oh, I guess it, it it really, really would depend on your market. Like, So, for us, I think the reason that we've been successful is that we've – well, we filled a gap in the marketplace, which mm. was like, where are the chicks? Yeah. <laughs> like, here we are. Yeah. Um, so people, I think, because a lot of the people that support our business have never even tried our coffee. They're just like hoping they'll love it. They want to support who we are and what we're about. Like all yep. of our international customers pretty much have never 
tried our stuff. They're just yeah. like, get it over here. <laughs> wow. And they pay a massive amount to get it. And it, it's literally, it's for the brand Is it really? that they want to support, you know, women in coffee. So, question. If mm-hmm. I'm in, so I've got friends in Columbus, Ohio. Hey, yeah. Eric, hey Eric, you always listen. <laughs> Jesse listens. Uh, Hi, Nick guys. Hi, Jesse. Bradley, you probably don't. <laughs> Nick Bradley's my friend and in series one, he's wife lost the $10,000 wedding ring. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so if Jesse wanted a bag uh, or if the boys wanted a bag of coffee Mm -hmm. and they ordered it online this week, when's it on their kitchen top? International stuff is tricky. So international through our website generally takes uh, between a week and two weeks, depending on where you are. Which is fine because if if you shipped uh, beans out and you obviously wouldn't do Mm pre-ground, I would imagine internationally. We can. It's it's up to the person. Yeah, Yeah. but essentially you should should, be better off not to. Um, You've got a six-week shelf life anyway, would you? Yeah, so... It, the shelf life, it's a funny thing. It it really depends on how dark the coffee is roasted. Right. So, yeah. really darkly roasted coffees have like a two-week right. shelf life, really. Right. Like, they're kind of, they're in and out. Yeah. Um, ours are on, you know, lighter side of the spectrum. So, generally, like, from roast day, two weeks after, they're tasting good. Like, yeah. you, you sort of want to rest them yeah. for like a week or two. How long has this been, this one that we've had? Um, that is only, what's that, nine days old? Yeah. Oh, so, it's peak. Yeah. So, it's it's peak. Um, but Timed then you've, well. you know, we've... That's why I do the scheduling around here, John. <laughs> you can have, like, for, you know, a, a month would be kind of like your window, but, um, you know, we've had coffees before. Like, I, I went to, we had a cupping event in Canada last year. It was a um, all women in coffee cupping event and I took a bunch of coffees and then just for fun I took one that had been sent as an international order and got lost so it was meant to go to Canada and then I went to Germany and it came back and it was like six months old so I just took it because I thought it would be funny and it was the best one on the table it was like we had 70 people at this cupping and they all voted that one as the best the cupping as in a a, a tasting oh a tasting yeah Yeah. not not going to the Cairo (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, a a tasting yeah wow yeah, mm. so it's like it's kind of one of those things that, you know, maybe you'd want to consume it within a month or two, but yep. it's it's up yep. to you. So, so if, yeah, so on the Instagram at Floozy Coffee, you can click the link and get through to the website if you <laughs> want to order some coffee mm. and um, get it shipped. Yes. Um, so, so in answer to John's question, it it really depends because it's the coffee side of it is so complex. Mm. If I could ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think in starting the roaster in the business um, with KMAC? Yeah. What do you think your biggest challenge has been? Uh, um, I guess we've had a really interesting journey. It probably hasn't been very conventional because we started, we were leasing some equipment um, from another roastery and then um, about mm, eight months into our business, we decided to move our operations to Sydney for a while. Yeah. Um, they had some really great gear down there that we were, again, leasing, um, but we just didn't expect to be – so we ended up – we were in Sydney for 11 months, driving wow. down there once a week, roasting coffee, driving back, while we waited for the roaster that we bought to yep. arrive. So it took 10 months and to get here. And that's a Yes. Yep. American. 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 Yeah. Nice. So, so your overhead would have been much higher. Yeah. Travel, commute, totally. as well as and the time factor. Sydney. The time yeah. factor killed me. Mm. So for like eleven months, um, one day a week was out of action. K Mac was pregnant the entire yeah, time. Yeah, I was going to say because she's a mother now. Yeah. Yeah. So she had a baby in December. A little Indiana. Nice. Sounds like a rocket, doesn't she? K K Mac. She's so cool. Um, but you know, she. They both got coloured hair. Yes. Check out Insta, everyone. <laughs> She um she's such a hard worker and she came to Sydney until like the end of November. Um, so Indy was born on Christmas Day and she just wow. like kept coming. Um, but her partner Hal is you know just beautiful and so he was coming mm. down to Sydney with me. Yeah. Um, because I can't drive a car. <laughs> That's really? a real um yeah. I can't, wow. I can't, Literally can't. I'm 26 years old and I still have my wow. L's. Wow. Yeah. They expire for the second time next year. Wow. So what's your yeah. reason behind that? Just no exposure to it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Just haven't done it. Just yeah. any fear there? Um, sort of. Like I don't want to kill anybody. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. up there. But um. Just, I figure like I haven't really needed it thus far. Yeah. I owe yeah. a lot of lifts. Yeah. Were you born so, and bred in Newcastle? Tamworth. Okay. Wow. Yeah. The country and still can't. That's Where the did you move down yeah. here when you turned seven in well, the country? I moved out of home at 16 because yeah. I finished school really early and I went straight to uni in Armadale. Yeah. Um, so 
you know, I wasn't old enough to drive when I was in Tenworth. And then by the time I was at uni, all my mates had their P's. Mm. So they can't teach me. So I've just never really been around. Wow. Don't yeah. hear that often, do you? Yeah. No. K-Mac took me driving a couple of times and then she hassled me for like a year. Like, you've got to get your P's. And then we stuck the L plates on and we did a couple of trips and then she stopped. Mm. So I think maybe I might be a terrible driver and no uh, one wants well, to tell me. Maybe you need some lessons from Glenn. He thinks he's um, Mark Scaife. Oh. I never said that, John. <laughs> well, I've sat in the uh, passenger seat. I and, said and Scotty <laughs> McLaughlin. I'd never be, want to be like a Holden driver. Oh, how embarrassing. <sighs> Jeez, John. Yeah. Oh, no, so, yeah, so Hal, Hal started coming down um, with us and, you know, just – because I couldn't have done it on my own. Um, and, and that's how we kind of operate mm. with the three of us, like yeah. a little community. And yeah. so, um, and that meant K-Mac could, you know, keep doing stuff from home in Newey. Mm. But it would have been heaps better if we were all here because mm. she could have, you mm. know, and that's the best thing about having the roaster is, you know, she can bring Indy down here. He's got his little earmuffs on the wall. Oh, They're great. So cute. I saw that, yeah. And so, you know, we can all do stuff together again because we're in the same city. Yeah, yeah. Um, and your awesome. business is actively growing and acquiring new accounts. Yes. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. And do you have a dedicated sales person or you, you, oh, hate how do you it. get clients? I hate do you it just so kind much. of people reach out to you? Yeah. It's Exclusively. Just because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't like it. I, I'm not a salesy person. Yeah. Um, what do you hate about it? Um, I, I love chatting to people. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. Like yeah. I, I yeah. can make new best friends with whatever. Like, yeah. But then when it's, I'm just not really that person that's like, hey, so want to buy our stuff? Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's but tough. I, yeah. So I think so far all the people that work with us are people that have come to us and said, hey, we want to buy your stuff. Yeah. Just cool. Because they're them. like, they're true that's, fans, that's right? A, that's a sales um, tagline. We don't sell our stuff. People want to buy it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. People come to us yeah. and we're too afraid to we, sell we, <laughs> we don't sell coffee. People buy it people from buy, us. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Like, because I, I get the feeling that if you're passionate about something, it sells itself. Sure. So obviously that's happening with you without yeah. you having yeah. to open your mouth. Yeah. Because, because realistically, if you are in business, whether you're an orthopedic surgeon doing Nan's hip or <laughs> selling coffee, you're a salesperson. Yeah, sure. Because if you don't First have customers, yeah. 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 Um, but if you've got a good product and the passion, as you say, John, mm. yeah. that makes the whole process a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why like, I would never employ someone to sell something if they yes. didn't believe in the product. Okay. Yeah, when for people sure. call me and say, hey, do you want to move over to Red Energy or whatever the thing they're calling I'm like oh do you use that provider at your own house <laughs> and yeah. you know a lot of times they they say no mm. I say well why, <laughs> why should like so yeah you, you do have to um yeah I don't know where I was going with that yeah it's that passion thing you find your people so it's... yeah so the biggest kind of challenge was the actual logistics of roasting your core business yeah just in <laughs> the wrong we were in the wrong, uh, wrong city, wrong city. Yeah. Yeah. that was an accident it really was only meant to be kind of temporary sure while we waited for this thing to arrive and then because it was getting custom built and yep. blah, blah, blah. And it was meant to, you know, arrive in September and then December and um, mm-hmm. it got here two weeks ago. So if there was a young lady listening um, who was interested in doing something for themselves, being self-employed, mm-hmm. and it, whether it's a coffee roaster in Perth or they want to do something, what? advice what would you say to them because we've got a very unique opportunity here to i don't know if influence is the right word but maybe speak into and encourage people who are mm-hmm. engaged with us yeah and and that's why in all sincerity that's why i wanted to do this little series about chicks killing it so we can talk into you your life you who are listening yeah and it's easier for me to get somebody who's been out there killing it to help mm. tell that message. Sure. So is there something you'd want to say to empower young women to go and kill some stuff? Ugh. Um. And you can, if you want to take you, a couple of minutes to yeah, think about that point. Did you see this as uh, an opportunity to go and do something for yourself because you don't like being an employee? Did you see it as a a great wealth creation tool? Did you see it as something that you're just purely passionate about and you just want to go and explore? Yeah, I think probably more passionate about than anything Um, because neither K-Mac nor I are very money-motivated people. We want to make enough just to, you know, live. But we're not like, I want a million-dollar house, like not interested in that. So, um, But I'll take it if someone's giving it it to me. Yeah, take it, flog it. So, yeah, uh, so unpacking those comments... There was a word there, passion. Mm, yeah, totally. So, well, the thing is, I think you you work 
so friggin' hard. Like, think about what you think a business is like to run and then times it by a bajillion because it mm. sucks sometimes and it's yeah. so hard and you can't do it really unless you Have that care underlying. so much about yeah. you know and there's been times yeah. where if it if, it, if we didn't care so much and we, if we didn't yeah, have such a away. purpose of course you would yeah it's so hard yeah and i love that comment because if you want to go and work 25 hours a week mm. don't run your own business oh so totally when you say it sucks and all those explicit <laughs> um, one of those what, what would you what sucks about it like what over the last sort yep. of few years, what what's what have you hated about it? I suppose. Yeah, some things that are really hard are you know you you do work mental hours mm. in the startup, like all day every day is mm. essentially your hours. Um, you're always you know being contacted for something or another. Um, so there's no real there's no holidays. Like if you were just working a regular job, you have 40, 40 hours a week, yeah. four weeks holidays. Like Turn forget off. that, that's over. Yeah. Um, and you won't earn anywhere near as much money as a regular job in the first little while. Yeah. So, you know, and then there's this, the other shitty... Th- oh, sorry. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still clicking. I'm, I'm still clicking. It's clean. So, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, the other, uh, you know, the, the other thing is that, you know, we might love coffee roasting and we just might love being a part of that industry. But you've also got invoicing. Mm. Um, yeah. There's... Australia Post, like eighty oh, percent so of my useless. job yeah. is chasing parcels. Yeah. Or, really? So it's you know yeah. all those other things that are not part of the fun, really, mm. but that make that possible. And so, how old were both of you when you started Floozy, kind of officially? Um, I would have been twenty four, came yep. out twenty five. And that's interesting because I started my business when I was twenty five. Yeah. And I guess because I'm still going to go back and ask you if there's one sentence you would give to that mm-hmm. under 30. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say, you know, if it's Unky Glenny having a chat to... <laughs> if, you're, if, you're under, <laughs> if you're under 30, um, and particularly if you're under 25, it's okay if you don't know what you want to do with your life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The worst thing that you could do is... Well, the best thing you could do is save money travel and enjoy life but also just mm. start thinking mm. i mean if you realistically hate your job and you're working a full-time job and you're 22 and you hate it i'd be getting the bloody hell out of there and go and get a couple of casual jobs and just i don't know get out of that rut to free up yeah. your mind to be encouraged and inspired because if you're just working a i'll use an example if you're working in an office five days a week uh, or in a shop or whatever it is, if I don't know, and mm. you hate it and you've got no desire to go and be a doctor, you've got no desire to be a vet or anything like that or formal education and you want to start a business, yeah, I'd get the hell out of there, go get some part-time work, even if it's two jobs, just to mm. put food on your table that will give you the passion back in your life to free your mind up yeah. and whether that's pissing off overseas and traveling. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I just want to, let everyone know, just take that pressure off, particularly if you're under 25, because it might take a few years. Like even before I had the lightning idea that to start my own business, I was saying to my mentor, I would have no idea what I would do for my own business. Mm. And it took him to say, um, just do what you're doing now for that guy, but yeah. do it yourself. Do it so yourself. get yeah. a mentor. Did you have a mentor or someone like that? Or was it kind of bounce the idea off each other. I think so. More more just each other. Yeah. Um, Which is fine because yeah. you just need someone else to, you know, to bounce off. And, oh, totally. I yeah. think it would have been very difficult. And, you know, we've said this many times before, if it was just one of us, like, you know, yeah. if I was doing this business on my own or if KMAC was doing it on her own, because when, you know, maybe you could manage the day to day, but when things happen or you, you know, you have a bit of a setback or whatever, like it can be really tricky. Yeah. Because um, I think we get told no a lot of the time too. Mm-hmm. Like if you rewind the clock and and the first 10 people you told about this great business idea, yeah. they all said, no, don't do it, it's too risky. Yeah. It can be really done? deflating. Yeah. 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 So there's a good chance that nothing would get off the ground yeah. purely because of the people you surround yourself yeah. with. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that's a common theme. Yeah. So if I, can we swing back now mm-hmm. and what one liner would you oh. say to somebody? Given that little tangent we went Do on. we mean like someone in in coffee specifically no, or just that like wanted to any, start a business? Any young woman. Some, a piece of advice. Yep. Um, I guess maybe two things. Like first practical piece of advice would be the amount of money that you think you need 
to start your business. Yeah, like, just a bit, just a bit more, it. just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, because I think we, we got really lucky that we were able to start our business quite cheaply in the scheme of things. Yeah. We were leasing a lot of our equipment. So, you know, in terms of cash flow, like we didn't have massive mm. upfront costs to start mm. with. Did um, you use debt at all in the business? Mm, we didn't to start with. Yeah. Um, you know, and since then we've invested in some, sure. some pretty major things. Yep. So, you know, we've, we've definitely taken someone, um, but to start with, no. Yep. Um, but it meant that the scale with which we could grow was different. Yeah. So, you know, for example, like buying stickers for bags, Yeah. you go, well, we only need a hundred right now. Yeah. So we'll buy a hundred, yeah. but if we could buy a thousand, they'd be cheaper, yeah. but we can't really buy a thousand yeah. right now. So it's just all those things that it's like when we started because of the smaller quantities in which we mm. were doing things, it was costing way more. So if you had your time again, would you have stuck your neck out and bought that thousand or? Uh, if I had my time again, I feel like I would just want to say like, let's just get an extra like. Five gradles, yeah. you know, like just yeah. just a little bit but more of a buffer. But I, I challenge that because there's a story that I've shared on this podcast before. When I started my business, uh, the only kind of piece of advertising that I did, mm-hmm. I think it was it was either five hundred dollars or eight or fifty or nine hundred or whatever, and. So I'm like, yeah, that was a stretch at the time. Yep. Like if it was more than a grand, it may as well have been 300 grand because I just didn't have the money. Sure. Yeah. So I, I did the advertisement and I never got a phone call. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, that was a bloody waste of money, wasn't yeah. it? Now, a couple of years later, I was looking through my old archives on the computer. I'm like, oh, there's that old ad. I had my bloody phone number incorrect. <laughs> now, the thing I say to that is yes. if I had debt – and borrowed money, yeah. what if I use that advertising campaign and put five grand into that? Yeah. Mm. The debt has actually uh, maximized my losses as well. Mm. Yeah. So it's that, it's annoying because, yeah, you want 100 stickers, it might be a dollar each per sticker is instead of buying a million and being 10 cents. Yeah. It's just that slow and steady. Yeah, totally. And we just, it's part of life. Yes. And you've got less of a chance of magnifying your errors. I think so. And, and that was the thing that, you know, we were quite lucky by not having massive debts in the business. Mm. Like if we had started day one and said, all right, we want to have a coffee roastery. Mm. So let's invest, you know, a hundred grand into buying all the gear. Yeah. And what if it didn't work out? Or we just tried it and we were like, oh, we hate being coffee roasters. This is lame. Yeah. You've got all this outlay. And then you sell it for fire sale because you need the cash. Right. And yeah. You're back working a normal job and you still owe 30 grand. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. instead we kind of built, you know, this brand. And if you look at, if you go back to like when Floozy started on Instagram, I yep. always think it's really funny because, you know, as we're sort of developing this thing and talking about it and trying to create a bit of hype was kind of before we'd even roasted our first batch. Yeah. So I've got like photos of like coffees that weren't even ours, beans that were howls, like just all this stuff like, oh, you know, and it, but it built this brand and people looking in thought we were way bigger than we were and yeah. that made mm. us bigger. But also that was just your vision Mm-hmm. being visualized. Totally. So it's not a bad thing. No. Um, you kind of have to do it a bit. You yeah. have to sort of, you know, everyone on Instagram is like faking it a little bit. You don't yeah. put up like, oh, great, I, I lost a hundred bucks today. Yeah. Damn it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, wow, how cool is this thing I did? Yeah. So, you know, you, you create that image and we try to be very real in ourselves and authentic. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not going to show you like, oh, I came home today and I cried because yeah. this thing <laughs> broke or like yeah. you know like this this it's just you don't do those things mm. but um so you kind of you can create this idea of what your business is mm. and even what you want it to be like absolutely so that then it I can think be that to find authentic followers they would like to see a bit of that as well like everyone's real aren't they yeah i mean you're sitting here wearing a reese plumbing t-shirt you're, you're getting a uh, a your hands dirty on a regular basis so yep. there's going to be ups and downs mm. yes um do, yep. do you see yourself employing staff like what's your vision over the next sort of three to five years yeah um definitely with this new space that we've got because we'll be putting in a you know a a tasting bar and and all that kind of stuff as well um and we still want to work on the wholesale Mm. side of our business so for a time we'll be able to kind of manage little bits of both but if we want to open the cafe longer hours mm. or that kind of thing more days a week then we'll need to employ people sure which would be weird because we've never hired any, oh, like it's just been so us 
<laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah, um, it'll be a time. So, yeah, so your first little tip was whatever money you think you need, allow for more. Just a bit more. And just a little bit more. And then you had a second tip maybe up your sleeve. I feel like the other one would be just kind of the only way you can do it is just to start doing it. Sure. Um, and definitely would be to reach out to people in your industry. Sure. Um, because we found when we first started, and that's the best thing about Instagram, I love it so much, is that we literally just messaged a bunch of people that we really admired mm. and we were like you know hey we we're starting out we really want to be like you like mm. this is really cool mm. do you have any tips and and people were really helpful they were like hey you know don't use this shipping company or yeah. they sent us some coffee mm. to market and just really and it's that relationship and like i believe in business there's enough work for everybody totally and realistically if you're roasting coffee or you're a financial advisor or you're accountant or whatever mm. you are it's same team yes. as in we're providing a product yeah sure we'll compete but at the end of the day we're all the same team and there's enough work for everybody yeah mm. and actually you may have heard um glee coffee roasters mm-hmm. who are essentially your competition sure like in yes. the purest essentially, form essentially yes um but there's collaboration totally there's um yeah and it's just a small world yes and we're just humans living yes why be nasty and bitchy yeah, yeah. that's just my Oh, totally. Vibe. But it's not everyone's. Is but it? it's not everyone's. Yeah. And that's no. the thing. But I know one thing, the business owners that I know who have this type of vibe of collaboration, yeah. it's pretty much like to the other people, that's cool. Let's compare notes in 20 years. Yeah. And I know yeah. what happens down the line, yeah. who's standing around, Correct. who's prosperous and who's, yeah. you know. Yeah. Because mm. otherwise you're doing things to undercut people being to see, being deceptive yeah. and it's just not fun. Yeah. No. Yeah, um, totally. Because realistically, yes, they're your customer. They're your, yes, they're essentially your competition, but their customers would come in here and drink coffee. Your customers would drink coffee totally. from them. It's the same freaking world. I go it's, to their cafes. Yeah. Like, it, and, and that's the thing I think in this town or in, you know, Australia, people, they, people love having coffee. Absolutely. No one, well, Maybe some people do. Sure. Most people don't want to go to the same cafe every single nah. day. We love to change it up. And so, you know, why not go to this cafe today and go to that one tomorrow? And, and this is where I like that um, with the specialty coffee thing, mm. you do a nice filter here. So, every time I'm in Newcastle now, there's a high chance that there'll be a different type of coffee totally. from a different plantation yeah. that I can enjoy. Exactly. Um, I don't want to drink the same thing every day. Like, I don't wake up every single morning and go, Sonia and Batchy, that's what I'm doing. Like, (laughs) I want that same, I get bored, you know? Or even like, if you go to a a cafe and it's, they've just got the same stuff all the time. Like, I love variety. I think we all do. My rant, well, it was my rant at the end of last year, and I've kind of got off it. Like, a business is actually, in its true sense, a living and moving organism. Mm-hmm. And if something's moving and living, it's always changing. Like, we're all yeah. moving and living. Mm. Yeah. I know the photos I've seen of you <laughs> 10 years ago, mate. They were pretty average. <laughs> I look younger, apparently. Oh, whatever. But it was crazy. But yeah. you're moving. You're changing. And that's yeah. what, like, on the side of my building where my office was, every couple of months, I'd put a new big um, banner up. Cool. Instead of just getting one sign and it's there for 50 years, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. rotate it every little while yeah. because a business should be moving, it should be changing, yeah. it should yeah. be growing, it should be agile, it should be looking and always changing. Yeah. And you've totally. got a unique opportunity that you can add that flair in by mm-hmm. getting different stuff from around the world. Totally. That the Nicaragua, how do you say it? Nicaragua? Nicaragua, yeah, 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 yeah. That Nicaragua this season could taste different to yeah. next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, you've got kind of this double down awesome cool thing happening totally. as well. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So, mm. that's cool. Now, I want to ask, you're in business, uh, essentially a partnership. Yes. Do you both have different skill sets or is it a mirror? Like, how, um, what would you say that your strengths are over K-Max? What's... Is there? Yeah. Well, definitely. So she's our head roaster. Sure. And being the coffee background, um, that makes the most sense. Yes. She's the best at it. And so um, she sets all of our um, roasting profiles, which sure. is essentially like our roasting recipes. Yeah. Um, so she creates all of that sort of stuff. And then I can kind of operate more as like her production roaster, like stick to her recipes sure. and, you know, like I'm like her apprentice chef so or something. Can I explain it to John mm-hmm. to make sure I understand how that works? So. Do you guys do blends at all? Or yes. all Yeah. So, for example, what they can do on the computer is this recipe here, put it in, 
and it tracks the heat, for example. So you know that after 10 minutes, drop the heat and it charts it on a... Yeah. And then, then what you can do, the next roast, you've got your template or the profile so you can just follow that mm. to try and get consistency. Is that exactly. a fair thing? Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and so having that technology now is, you know, some people look at it and they're like, oh, it's taken away the art of this. And it's it's so awesome because we can get that perfect consistency. Yeah, yeah. Like I can know that those beans were the same temperature as the last roast all the right, way through. Absolutely. Um, and that's how we can do a lot of our quality control as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we, and we experiment. We might be like, let's just leave that 10 seconds longer and see what happens. And you can taste it and go. Because that essentially mm. like it's, it's those two things together because the computer stuff is really important for consistency. Mm. But I can't look at a screen and go, oh, that's going to taste like this. Mm. I have to physically mm. taste it. So it's a lot of experimenting. Like you might do it one way, taste it. That was awesome. I want them all in that, you know, to taste like that. Yeah. And so yeah. you set that profile. So you drink a lot of coffee is basically what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Always so, pinging. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So she definitely takes care of our um, coffee programs are setting all of our um all of our profiles um she also does a lot of the um you know like tech stuff with cafes so if their machines are playing up or the grinder mm. needs to be serviced or whatever um that's not my world at all that's sure. that's k-max she's got her little um yep. pink toolbox and she goes in and and she does all that Sorts stuff that. setting yep. all the recipes um in cafe because that's what she is yeah. you know she used to work in a barista as a barista she owned cafe so she knows that stuff inside and out yeah um mm. so she she's generally the go-to person for that um and then i tend to do most of our social media yeah so um, marketing yeah all of our invoicing but then otherwise everything else in between so any kind of like customer relations or mm. any emails and stuff that we get or you know every decision that we make we make together and sure um yeah, so, so it's, it's very mixed. Yeah, so you don't – do you have anyone from the outside looking in over your business to say, well, yeah, you're doing this well, can you go and do this, this and this as, no. as like an no. external sounding no. board? No. no, we don't. Um, do you think that's needed as you grow down the line or you just – Maybe. <laughs> no, it's it's kind of one of those tricky things that, you know, we we love the way we do things so much and – there are things we could do better, like less Uber Eats or, yeah. you know, that's just being a bit more cautious maybe of or more planned. We're not mm. planners. Yeah. We've never had a business plan. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's the way we chose to do things and it kind of works for us. Yeah. I don't think we're the kind of people that probably would respond very well to someone coming in and being like, all right, don't we're going to cut spending here. Yeah. Because everything that we purchase, you know, because I guess most overseers would be like a money thing um maybe someone would come in and say you guys spend too much money on green coffee yeah but i'm not going to spend any less you want to so i don't yeah, want to compromise the quality exactly, exactly. so I, w- I wouldn't actually listen to a business you know advisor who's like hey save some money in any of these places yeah. no i suppose i'm just um thinking from the point of view of well you you want your business to at some point be scalable, so sure. you can't be continuing mm. to work seven days a week yep. on this thing that you're so passionate about because the passion um, may wear you down totally. or wear out. A, a, so yep. can you employ a system that's mm. going to work to replicate? Yeah, I think it would be. It's definitely one of those things that, like you say, to be scalable in the future. Like if we mm. had a staff member in Fluzy. I don't know even what we would get them to do. Yeah, correct. Because like yeah. how how would I let go of anything? Yeah, that's yeah. right. You know? And so... And I mean, um, you're only a couple of years in. Yeah. yeah. Realistically, you, you'd really want to wait for three years, I guess, to be as organic and do as much as possible, work your ass off. Mm, and then sure. you're like, okay, well, you know, 75% of small businesses fail within the first three years. Yeah. Mm. We've hit that target. Yeah. For me, the three years was the first target and then the five years yes. was the second one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I've, I was confident that I'm not going anywhere after three years. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's great what you're doing. Thank mm, you. Fantastic. And what I might do is we might actually wrap it up now because we've got to bounce and... We do. Yeah. <laughs> so... Thank you so much for letting us into Thank your you. roaster. It's been so fun. And uh, remember to jump onto Instagram at Floozy Coffee and give them a follow. Um, say hi. Uh, it's really cool. Jump on the website, order coffee wherever you are. 
Give it a try. It's uh, it's amazing. It's the best coffee you'll ever have. It, mm, best in the world. It's bloody good. Well, it's the best Thanks. coffee I've had without milk. So, Thank you. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you have it. Put that in your pipe <laughs> and smoke it. Put that in your grinder and grind it. Grind Aye. it away. In your roaster and roast it. Wow. Put that in your V60 and filter it. Cool. Filter that thing. Okay. Uh, I've got to go, guys. <laughs> hey, I know I crap on all the time about getting our foundations in place, but our personal protection plan is something you need to do today. I know many of our listeners have got this set up, but if you're one of them and haven't already, go to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and I'll put you in touch with someone who can guide you through. Generally, there's no cost to have an initial chat. And if you're young, fit and healthy, you need to get this stuff in place today. If you've got a family and you're not covered, hey, what if you freaking died? I'm not messing around. You need to get insured. Do it, do it now, and anyone that I refer you to will do it the same way that we teach and we talk about here. And that advice provider, wherever you are in Australia, are happy to have a complimentary discussion with you at no cost to see where you're at and see if they can help. So what have you got to lose? Have a chat today. Jump on to sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Rosantha asks... Uh, I'm currently contemplating whether I should take out a loan to consolidate my debt and get a new laptop that she needs for school. I don't earn enough to pay the loan off within a year. Go and work extra hours to pay for it, love. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a real problem. And I know that, you know, we need good computers. We need good gear. Uh, I just want to drive home that debt consolidation doesn't actually change anything. Hmm. It, you can think it can because what you might do, you might roll three debts that are, and I'm making up a number that you pay $200 a month for into one debt hmm. and the magic person behind the counter said, oh, now it's only $180 a month. So hmm. we've moved this debt and it's not $200 a month now, but it's $180 a month, but they've pushed out the repayment time. Yeah. So you're actually getting screwed more. And a lot of people do that and they don't fix the underlying problem, which is overspending or lack of income. Yeah, think they need something that exactly. they don't. But what happens is, yeah, you think, oh, I fixed the problem, I've consolidated the debt, but you haven't fixed the underlying cause. Mm. So what I would say in this situation is, don't worry about the debt consolidation you need to get on a plan and it might be the debt snowball where you list the debt smallest to largest, mm. keep them all on minimum payments and then just attack the first debt first. In terms of a laptop, I'd be jumping on Gumtree, eBay and trying to get a second-hand one. Mm. Certainly would not be getting any further debt to buy a laptop given that you won't be able to pay that back sooner. Um, yeah, I think there's a bigger problem there. Yeah. I want you to be successful with your money but I want you to change the underlying problem. Because a lot of people like, they'll write in and say, oh, I've got this problem and my partner's this and mm. that. It's like, no, no, it's not a money problem. You've got a crap relationship and you need counselling. Like that's... <laughs> so, <laughs> At least this one's a money problem. Yeah. Right. Well, but is it a money problem or an right. underlying yeah. behaviour problem? problem. Yeah. So the money usually is the symptom. Yeah. So we don't need the best of something tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean... That's all I would say on that. Do you mm. want to have? Do you guys want to add any wisdom in that? No. Is, no. It, is it? Is it 168 hours in the week? Work more to pay for it. Have the money there and then buy it outright. I'd hate to work more. <laughs> Just spend less yeah, on other and stuff. That, and that and that's the thing. It's the trade off. Yeah. It's like cheaper they, dinners yeah. for a few weeks. And yeah. Then yeah. But they got might already be doing that. Well, that's exactly. That they've got that in kind place. of don't know their situation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I will read a review. This is from Sarah. Uh, it's a five-star. Driving to work on Tuesday mornings is significantly better because of this podcast. I've learned so much about how to get my money together and, and approach my financial future with all the information. I will harass all my friends to listen. <laughs> well so done. I will say, can everybody listening do me a favor? Um, copy the episode or the podcast that you know, you're listening to now, this episode. Send the link to two friends. We just want to get this message out there to as many people as possible that you can get in control of your life. You can mm. get in control of your money. You can take that passion that you found and turn it into a business that changes lives, be it across the other side of the world or my tongue with my taste buds <laughs> right here. Correct. <laughs> so we want to encourage as many people as possible and we need your help to spread the word. So Spread the good word. I don't 
I'm not asking for a share on Instagram, although you can do that if you like, but maybe send this as a personal Facebook message or a text to a friend. Hey, check this out. I think it would help. Thanks so much for joining us today, Sel. Thank you. Great to have you on. Uh, We'll see you guys soon. (laughs) See you soon. Bye. If you are after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. In fact, it's a general advice podcast. But if you do want somebody to talk to, jump onto sortyourmoneyout.com and click on Get Help and I'll be able to put you in touch with an advisor or a mortgage broker who can actually sit down with you or have a Skype or a Zoom meeting and really work out what you need based on your own personal circumstances. Remember, we hang out on Insta at My Millennial Money. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group. If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, right into your ears. Any advice in this podcast is of a general nature only and has not been tailored to your personal circumstances. Please seek personal advice prior to acting on this information. Before making a decision to acquire a financial product, you should obtain and read the product disclosure statement relating to that product. Opinions constitute our judgment at the time of issue and are subject to change. Neither the licensee, any of the National Australia Group of Companies, nor their employees or directors give any warranty of accuracy nor accept any responsibility for errors or omissions in this podcast. Glenn James, Urban Getter Approach Limited, trading a sort your money out, are authorised representatives of Apogee Financial Planning Limited, AFSL 230689. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, welcome to the Next Wave podcast. Consider us your chief AI officer in your business. My name is Matt Wolf. I have the number one YouTube channel in the AI space. I also run futuretools.com and I'm joined by my co-host, Nathan Lands, founder of Lore.com. We want to bring you the latest AI news and trends, show you how you can use AI in your business and personal life, and help make it super easy for you to understand and execute. We're going to equip you with the knowledge to thrive in this upcoming wave of change.